when, when you're feeling stuck, one thing is trying to understand that you have a choice and look at the reasons why you're choosing to stay there and how you are choosing to stay there and seeing the consequences. Like if you choose to stay there, what's going to happen? But if you choose mm-hmm. to move a little bit forward, what's going to happen? Welcome to the Heart Open Conversations podcast. I'm your hostess, Lillian, a born and bred Singaporean who uprooted her life some four years ago, living behind loved ones and the only place she has ever lived in to begin a new chapter some 10,000 miles away with her fiance in Houston, Texas. Excitement and expectations soon morphed into resentment and loneliness. Weekly therapy sessions, community, and an open heart were key and mind-saving graces to support and guide me through that difficult transition. I desired and needed a safe space where deep, honest, meaningful conversations and connections can be had and cultivated. The kind that recharges you, inspires you, pushes you a little, yet wraps you with warmth and a sense of security. The kind that leaves you feeling less alone and afraid, and more seen and encouraged to walk towards a version of your life that's most true, most whole, most you. I thought a wild but convicted thought. If I can't find it... Why don't I create one? And this podcast, my friends, is it. I believe that each of us has a uniquely beautiful story to share that has the power to move and inspire. My hope is that through this thoughtfully curated space and through the stories and conversations exchanged here, that you'll find resonance, clarity, grounding energy, and hope to live out our individual yet collective, messy and beautiful lives. I'm so glad you're here. Ready? Grab a cup of your favorite something, get cozy, and let's dive. Hello friends, happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode on the Heart Open Conversations podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to this space with me. I am recording this introduction four days before I leave for my big trip back home to Singapore and This Friday that you're listening into this episode will be the last Friday in a while where I will be recording from my home office, from my audio studio space here in Houston at home. This trip has been a long time coming to start and the process of getting here has also been fairly challenging the past month or so. I found myself just constantly in this mindset where my mind is constantly just racing because I'm thinking about the million and one little nitty-gritty things that needs to be checked off to make sure that 
I am ready for my flights to make sure that all the paperwork are in place and that I take the test and I make sure that I have this app and I have the QR code and and I comply to all the very strict restrictions with regards to COVID coming into Singapore. And in addition to that, I am also having to align and set in place um, these steps in this process of my work visa renewal, which is the primary reason why I'm going back to Singapore. Through this process, I found myself needing to be more mindful really of my energy because I'm not going to lie, there are times and days where it gets really hard. It feels really alone, even though there are people in the process, my company, husband, my mom in Singapore who are chipping into the whole process, but it, it does still feel like it's very personal and that I need to take full responsibility and accountability for for ensuring that this goes as right as possible. And in the midst of that, um, I found myself just, you know, getting really hard on myself and just being in this mind-racing state, uh, constantly being concerned if I missed out on something and uh, this whole notion of that this needs to be perfect. And I think in this example and, and this situation, there's probably not that much room to to make mistakes and not be perfect. Um, but I think it's also important for me to realize that part of it all and the outcome of some of these things, like my visa, for instance, it's completely outside of my control. And I can only do my very best to make sure that I am as equipped and as ready as possible. But I also need to be mindful that um, that I need to also learn to trust the process and learn to learn to let go and learn to give myself grace in this whole process. The positive note to all of this is that I am actually going to be spending time and seeing my friends and family back in Singapore after more than two years of not being back there. So I know that even though in, at this moment in time, I'm, I am stressed out with um, making sure that I am successfully on the plane and that I could leave immigration in Singapore smoothly and that I get an approval on my work visa, but I'm so sure and so certain that when I step foot um, in that airport in Singapore, it's going to feel a lot better. It's going to feel like, yes, I am home. Yes, I'm going to actually be spending quality time. And I made sure that I took time off. So I'm going to get a couple of weeks time off so that I am really getting my mind off work and focusing on just catching up with as, as many of my dear friends and family in Singapore as much as possible. I know I've needed it for a while and yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be good. It's going to be nourishing for my soul that I am sure of. The other thing that I've been making sure that we'll continue to keep in motion is this podcast. So I've been working really hard to make sure that I added the episodes that I still want published every Friday for all the Fridays that I'm going to be away from. 
So even though this will be the last episode that I'm recording here from Houston, you will still be receiving and seeing new episodes drop every Friday for the next four or five Fridays where I may not be physically here, but I am going to be here with you. I still personally really like the idea of recording the intros and outros just like a day or two prior to the publishing of a new episode. So you might hear me coming on with my intros and outros for that few episodes to come in Singapore. And yeah, who knows, I may be just dropping in my experiences and what I've been up to that day or that week as I introduce the guest that comes on the podcast that very week. That sounds pretty rad to me, don't you agree? So I hope that you'll meet me back here because there are some pretty amazing conversations that will be coming up on the future episodes here. All right, friends, let's get into the introduction of today's amazing guest. On the podcast today, I have the pleasure of holding space for this very reflective, honest, and intentional conversation with a very confident, tenacious powerhouse of a woman, Clara Wu. Claire is a holistic business and mindset coach by profession and passion, and a psychotherapist and movement expert by trade. After spending 15 years healing from her toxic family and environment, she had since successfully launched multiple ventures and investments. In her business coaching, she blends in her expertise in body and movement to help her clients take their business to the next level without overwhelm and burnout. Being able to have this opportunity to be audience to Claire's story and journey is one thing that I'm going to be forever grateful for, I believe, because in her story, there is so much to respect and be inspired by. Clara's capacity for courage towards change and her ability to be that aware at as young as 15 years old and then thereafter this resolute that she exudes when it comes to very hard things like drawing boundaries towards family and drawing boundaries towards experiences that no longer serve her and then having the tenacity and resilience to go ahead and move away from all that she know and is familiar with at 18 years old and living in three different continents over the past 10 years and to eventually now be this successful in her business and doing this work every day that serves and feeds her heart and soul. This is just all so, so juicy and so magical. I hope you'll be able to get energy and inspiration and also courage through Claire's story like I did. Without further ado, here is the amazing Claire Wu. Hi, Claire. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on the podcast. I'm so excited for our conversation and to connect with you here. Yes. Thank you, Ian, for uh, inviting me. Of course, this is such an honor. Let's crack it wide open by tell my audience a bit more about you. Tell us a bit more about what you do, where you're born, where are you living at now, maybe whose family, a bit of your hobbies. So, hey guys, anyone that's listening to this podcast, my name is Claire. 
I, I was born in, in Taiwan and I live in the USA, in Finland and Singapore. Uh, now I'm based in Melbourne, Australia. So uh, I am a physiotherapist and movement expert by trade. So um, yeah, that's been for me in the past professionally. And I move away from, from physiotherapists uh, because I found it quite limiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that, treat hundreds of patients that um, it was just not about the chronic pain, but also, you know, they, they have, you know, they have trauma that was in the, their mind and in their emotions. So I realized we have to treat them holistically and work on different levels. And I'm originally actually from Taiwan. So I left Taiwan probably 10 years ago. Yeah. And yeah, it's been a journey for me um, when I left. And I've been traveling a lot. As you see, I've, I've worked in three continents. Uh, I, I love traveling. And for me, uh, traveling is a way of healing. So it helps me heal from the past that I had back in Taiwan. Um, yeah, so I was in quite a toxic community. And I was very restricted in the life that I had. And I managed to, to got out of it with traveling. And yeah. And a lot of uh, learning through my mentors and therapists and coaches. So, yeah, that's why now I am I'm in the space of um, holistic business and mindset coaching. Yeah, so <laughs> that's a bit of a long introduction. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And I mean, even just the mere introduction, I have like already ten other questions I want to ask you. <laughs> <laughs> So don't mind me if this is veering off to something completely out of script, but it's um, it's so interesting to hear your journey because I guess for me, just listening to or being exposed to someone like you who has spent the past 10 years living in four different countries, how do you do that? More specifically, um, was, was it challenging for you? trying to adjust and find home in every new country that you went to yeah so at some part of me I was sort of searching for where I belong in the world I found the concept of home really challenging because Mm -hmm. I was always moving and I didn't feel that I belong back home in in Taiwan and mm-hmm. not with the family that I'm in because we're very, very different. My mm-hmm. family are very academic driven and I'm very business driven. So for me, a way I notice is that I always have my own uh, routines and habits and rituals. So I think that comes from and experiences and travelings and experiences of moving through different places, uh, meeting different people. I sort of have to center myself. I have to ground myself in my mm-hmm. own schedule. So that's how I was able to kind of centered into um, who I am and what I do mm-hmm. and finding my home through there. So yeah. when I look at the concept of home now, I, as an immigrant, I would say it's it's finding a place where I feel my heart belongs. It doesn't have to be a specific yeah. physical place. Yeah, yes. it can be a belief, um, a ritual, a uh, concept that you believe in. So mm-hmm. for me now, home is almost like having a spiritual practice and uh, regular routines uh, where my schedule and lifestyle is, is living on on it. 
So, so it's, it's much easier when you have that in place, wherever you go, because I still travel a bit. Well, because of COVID now it's a bit less, but mm. I still travel sometimes for work. And that's how I ground, ground myself. Cause I have that routine. It's like, no matter where I go, the first thing I do mm. is, you know, start mm. off with gym exercise, start off with meeting mm. and then setting intentions and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love the idea that you have these so of your, of, of your day to day. So you find groundedness in, in that sense. I love that. That's a really good tip. Um, you talked about traveling for work. Tell us a bit more about your business or businesses, because <laughs> I know you have more than one. So go for it. Tell us a bit more about what they are, the story behind um, why and how you started it. And how has that entrepreneurial journey been for you so far? I have a couple of different ventures um, in mental health products, healthcare tech, and also in uh, business coaching. And Mm -hmm. I would maybe speak a bit more about my holistic business coaching um, because it's something that that took uh, quite a while to develop and to actually grow into uh, a business. So when I I was traveling, I, I spoke to a lot of people. I had a lot of conversations. And uh, I, I think in the way that I healed through those conversations and healed through understanding other people's perspective and understandings, mm-hmm. seeing different ways of living, different ways of conversing, different ways of um, educating, educations. And I realized that um, it's actually quite powerful is through those uh, conversations and experiences and coaching has just always been a hobby because in a sense of that, because I moved across different countries and I was able to enter and then land a job and then start working and then work on my side hustle again. Yeah. And in a way that for some people, it, it, it's much, much challenging to do that. I, I started off as a hobby just to help people to learn on their feet, to uh, find a job. It's more like in career coaching where I started. Mm. and yeah to almost like to pitch them into a suitable companies um or to to pitch them to possible collaborations and it evolved into a business probably two years ago and yeah I've always known that I've wanted to do business because before that I was self-employed for a while and it was because of the pandemic, it actually pushes me to be like, okay, this is the business that I, I'm ready to, mm. to take on. Yeah. And, you know, making your hobbies into businesses is never easy. No. Um, because mm. there's a lot of uh, mindset shift and work that we need to do, including like money mindset, the business mindset, the growth mindset. And just um, it's, it's very different from running it as a hobby. Yeah. So, yeah, and I had to also when you make your hobbies into business, you've got to work on your marketing, on your sales, on mm. all the other skills yeah. that you might not have before or you yeah. might not be so skilled in. And you just, yeah, you just work through it as you go. Mm. Um, and it's been quite a learning curve. Uh, it's been quite a, a big personal growth for me. One thing I would say the things that really help me grow one is traveling another one is business because in business you you face your deepest fears you face your biggest limitations and then by working through them can you actually thrive and can your business thrive yeah 
So I'm very, very proud with my um, holistic coaching, uh, business coaching. Mm. And yeah, I think it has, it come alone for, for, for a very long time. So yeah, it's just a blend of what I've learned in the past, you know, 10 years of traveling and also 15 years of healing from my, from my past you know, trauma. Yeah. And I think you should be very proud of yourself. Like it, it's not, it's not an easy thing to, like you say, first turn your hobby into, into a business and into something that can, you can generate income from, and at the same time, give value and serve others. But a deeper part to all of that it's also how through it you find yourself healing and healing more and more and walking more and more towards a version of your life that you desire so there's a lot to be very proud of there and not only did you start one business you have three um i wanted to just go dive in a bit deeper on um when you made that decision to turn your hobby into a business what did you think helped you as in like what what did you think you had at that point that helped you and what did you think at that point you felt like I need help with yeah I think what really helped me was my past experiences Mm -hmm. um because of the trauma I had suffered from you know anxiety Mm -hmm. I have suffered from depression and borderline personality disorders so the journey of healing um, with working with doctors and therapists has really helped. Mm. And that has made me really resilient and really determined and persistent um, moving my hobbies into uh, a business. Because it's not like every hobbies you you could turn into business. You have to pick and choose. And I think the hardest part was actually the business elements like marketing and sales. Mm. And that I actually had to turn into mentors and coaches to help me with, with that. Yeah. Mm. And also the um, another challenging part is the money mindset because um, even though I have been self-employed, I have worked in corporate, private clinic, I've worked in hospitals, the money mindset, which, which comes from our family and generations has always being really different from a person who comes from a business family. So that's something I am also consistently working on. Yeah. Yeah. You you have already likely touched on a few times during this conversation, just snippets about your background and also your family. And I've also read in some of your posts on Facebook, how, um, how you actively made that decision when you turn 18 to leave your family and to leave and walk away from a, a culture and an and environment that, that is limiting. Um, I think I personally think, at least for me, being born and bred in an Asian family, I think it it's not so simple to decide to, to, to draw that line with your family. And I, I don't know that many... Asians who are actually able to do that. So I am curious, like what, what was that breaking point for you at that point at 18 years old, which is still fairly young um, to be, to say that I'm going to leave the country and I'm going to just go and do something else. Like what was the breaking point and what gave you that courage, I guess? Yeah. So I think in the way I, I believe when we are children, we want to make we want to make our parents happy. We want to yes. please our family, and that's an innate characteristic of uh, being a child. 
And mm. that's always been the case, you know, when I was from, from 12 to 18, trying to please the family and trying to fit in their models as the, the perfect children, the perfect kid. Um, so I was trying to meet up expectations, like, mm. you know, doing piano classes, dropping my volleyball lessons and you know, focus on academics, getting into the best schools, the best high school, university. And it was, I think, throughout the, the times because there were a couple of setbacks. Like I didn't get into the best high school and uh, my family were disappointed and very upset. Mm. Um, and they were ashamed and guilty, feeling feeling depressed. Um, and then I think the second part was when I went into university and yeah, I didn't get into the best one. And that sort of set the tone where I realized like no matter what I do, it was never good enough. It was never um, satisfying for them. And Luckily, I was reading a lot as well. So the first personal development book that I read was How Do I Stop Self-Sabotage? When I was 15, okay? When I was 15, I was going... (laughs) Because you can see, like, I was... I think I was depressed for a long time. And then I encountered that book, like, How Do I Stop Self-Sabotaging? And that really opened my world. Um, Since then, I've read a lot of psychology books, development of psychology and... I read on emotional intelligence and also working with therapists was really helpful. I was able to re- reach out to therapists yeah. and realize that I was living in a dysfunctional family. Mm-hmm. Um, my family were perfectionists, so that made me into a perfectionist as well. So that's why I decided, you know, if, if I had to grow, if I, um, I want to continue to be myself, I would need to like leave this environment behind it's almost like my family is part of that environment Mm -hmm. and that environment is making me sick and I realize I can't stay in the same environment because I'll continue to be sick so I need to I need to go yeah it was that realizations um with books with therapy also like I always wanted to travel so with all that um yeah I just decide to go Wow. Yeah. I mean, first of all, for you to realize at 15, to be able to name what that is and to even be like, I need to find out more how to stop that, like what that is, that, that is just already your way, but you're way more mature than your age then was. I mean, I remember I'm, I'm thinking about myself when I was 15, I was, you know, trying to be part of the popular girls and I wasn't being very nice to some of the friends that really cared about me. And um, yeah, I wasn't a very good, good kid. I'm playing truant. I skipped school and my dad one day even tried to send me off. And he, he's like, just, just leave. If you want to leave, leave. And if not for my mom, I would have left. Like I was very, very rebellious. And only later on, not when I was 15, when later on, then I realized that, okay, it was, it was a consequence of me not getting enough attention from my family. And because I do have a younger brother and you know how they adore and put boys on pedestals than they do girls. Right. And 
It's like, it's, it's part of me lacking attention. It's part of me wanting them to also see me for who I am instead of my results and what school I go to, what work I work, how much money I bring home and things like that. So I can completely relate and I have to applaud you for being able at that age to, to have that kind of awareness and maturity and be able to draw that line. It's, it's, it's a lot. Um, but yeah, no, you have come a long way and you really should be so proud of yourself. Um, I, I wanted to go back to the point where you talked about how for you personally, your experience is that things like sales and marketing, these are the more challenging things for you as you were kind of growing your business. I, I think my personal experience and, and the other guests and the listeners on this show, what I hear more is less of those because those, it feels like you can go find a coach or a course. I think what stops people more from what I've experienced from pursuing a passion, a dream, uh, or turning a hobby into a business is, is courage, is not being able to to believe in themselves and trust themselves to even go have the courage to at least even try and have the courage to fail. For those who are listening out there, they have this quiet desire inside them about trying something new or doing something that's maybe very different from who their friends and family know them to be, um, but they feel so stuck. Like what would you share in terms of tips and advice to help them kind of take the next small step forward, you think? Yeah, I mean, I've been there before, that sort of feeling stuck and feeling like you can't do anything because other people's expectations, your own expectations, the society expectations, your own imaginations of fears and all that sort of stuff. And it's not always seems like, now I'm saying the biggest challenge is marketing and sales, which is a typical business challenge, but... (laughs) I would say kind of a long way. Um, I have actually coaches on like with perfectionism. It's it's very interesting. So when, when you're stuck, it, it's very funny. So when stuck is a, a feeling, uh, a stuck is sort of like a block. Yeah. When people are stuck, it's not actually that they've been stranded somewhere or locked up in somewhere. It's because they decide to stay there. Yeah. yeah. So people can choose. People can choose to stay in the same place or take a little step forward, see things differently or try different things. So when you are choosing to stay stuck, it's also a choice. When you choose to stay in the one place, it's called stuckness. It's it's a choice. So understanding that getting stuck is yeah. your own choice. It's not because of other people. And you'll be more mindful of why you're stuck, how you're stuck. And through there, you can move actually forward with single steps like the smaller steps that you could take to reach your goals um because oftentimes people magnetize you know business they think this is like this big thing i need to reach this revenues i'm going to but if i feel i'm going to sell the house uh sell my car do this and that but it's it's actually very simple you just repeatedly do the same thing each day that move closer to your goals and then until you get there Mm. yeah so when, when you're feeling stuck, one thing is trying to understand that you have a choice and look at the reasons why you're choosing to stay there and how you are choosing to stay there and seeing the consequences. Like if you choose to stay there, what's going to happen? But if you choose mm-hmm. to move a little bit forward, what's going to happen? Right. And 
hopefully that you move a little bit closer. But some people just can't get over their own <laughs> blocks. And that's where that's when you need to hire a mentor or coach, yeah, to help you to go even deeper and yes. to for a mentor to or coach to be a mirror to yeah. let you see why you're keeping yourself there. <laughs> yeah, no, that that whole piece that you just said, it's so valuable. Like just really, really really getting clear and specific and kind of almost doing like you, like a SWOT analysis of what happens if you do situation A or stay in situation A versus if you try something new, like what does that look like? And then kind of get clear about all of that. No, I love that. That's awesome advice. Um, all right, Claire, I want to ask you, so we're in 2022, it's a new year. Um, I am not a believer of new year, new new you, because we are still our old me. <laughs> in my opinion, a new year doesn't mean it's going to be a new me, but a new year is a new year. It's a new calendar, a new 365 days. So um, what are you looking forward to in this new year, personally, professionally, bucket list, anything? Yeah. So this year, my word is love. My mm. word is love. And all the things I do evolves around love. So um, I think personally, I would like to to be in community that I love, to be with oh. people that I love, be with friends that mm-hmm. I love, and surrounded with um, gratitude and thankful people around me. Mm-hmm. I already have that. Um, yeah, it's always been something that that really support me in in crisis and challenging times. Is is my communities whether that's a communities in my sports, in my CrossFit, or in my swimming. Um, a bunch of girls that swim in the oceans or, mm. you know, business communities. They're really, mm. in, it's very important for me. And I also want to build my own community. So I'm building community for people to uh, relieve stress and anxiety. So that's on Facebook. And also building a community for multi-passionate women uh, that want to run more than two ventures at the same time. That's my my goal for this for this year. Professionally, oh, there's always goals you want to hit and reach. <laughs> As an ambitious <laughs> ambitious entrepreneurs, uh, I have a couple of things that I want to hit. Um, mm. So first is like in the holistic business coaching, we aim to serve uh, sixteen women this year, and then hoping to start maybe group coaching. It's still in the air. Not sure of the other ventures we hope to launch our uh, mental health products uh, specifically aiming to relieve anxiety mm. and stress and also to push our um, mobile apps our mental health apps to more hospitals uh, private clinics and the communities yeah so that we could help more clinicians that are in the front line treating uh, mental health patients mm. Well, you are obviously, Claire, one of the person that actually did her resolutions for sure, because you you are really clear <laughs> on like, okay, these are my personal goals and these are my professional goals. They're all there. I have them all down and I'm going to make sure that I hit them, at, hit as many of them as possible before Usually, the end of the year. <laughs> I, yeah, love I, o- I always keep my resolutions. <laughs> 
That's great. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, if you read reports, you know that people make all these. They are so gung ho about their resolutions, and then by mid January, it just all kind of all go crashing down. So it's awesome that、like, you are one of the few, a very small percentage of people that actually hold it out and turn it into reality. So kudos to you. I love that. Okay. Well, I want to be able to do what I can myself via this platform to support your business, your ventures, all these amazing things that you are planning to put out. So, tell my audience, give us a bit of、um, information if you can. How can my audience, listeners, continue to support you, or where can they find you to give you some love and encouragement? Yeah, you guys can find me on Facebook.、Uh, so it's under the name Claire Alvaro Wu, and yeah, I mainly help、uh, multi-passionate entrepreneurs to、uh, quit their nine to five and make、um, consistent ten k month without overwhelm and burnout. So you can reach out to me through Facebook. That sounds so delicious already. I'm sure. We only have thirty minutes together, but I'm sure you have a lot more than thirty minutes to give. So I'll definitely make sure your links are available in the show notes so that people can go check you out and follow you and support you.、Um, Claire, this has been such a pleasure. I want us to close out this session with some rapid fire questions because they are fun to do, and、okay. um, we get to know you a bit better. So if you are up for it, I have a few here. So the first one. Fire away!、Um, <laughs> awesome, good.、Um, your go-to self-care regime that's always helped you get to a better state of mind. Meditations.、Mm. Yeah. So I do alternate nostril breathing and bee breathing and different meditation techniques, not just in in sitting. Okay. And that that sort of helped me to be more grounded and be、mm. into my body and into with how I feel and make it. Decisions based on that. I love that. Do you practice it on your own, or do you use like an app? Or I practice it on my own. So I try、okay. not to look at my phone the first thing in the morning,、mm-hmm. and just yeah, get grounded in that. And I、mm-hmm. I do it whenever. So it's just a five minute meditation. I do、mm-hmm. it whenever I feel like I'm in my head, or I'm、mm-hmm. kind of overwhelmed, or. Gathered, but clouded by thoughts. Yeah, no, that's that's great.、Um, I've heard so many good things about meditation.、Um, still, something that I'm trying to hone and、uh, get more into. So I'll be curious to learn what your five minute meditation sounds like. All right,、um, next one. One item that we will always find sitting on your bedside table or beside your bed. Sparkling water.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. I can't drink normal water. I have to drink sparkling water because I need stimulations. As multi-passionate, <laughs> we love stimulations and new things. So, for me, water is always a must.、Um, especially、mm. in Australia, we have very dry weather,、yes. and yeah, you, I get thirsty easily. And mainly because my job is, I, I have to go to meetings to meetings.、Mm. Yeah, so I I have sparkling water with me in the bedside. Next to the table in the in the kitchen, you know, in the bathroom, wherever I go, so I make sure that I drink water, and then yeah, the water bottle also has specific scale、oh, awesome. <laughs> of how much I need to get to. Like when you get started, remember your goal, keep chugging, don't give up. You're almost there, and then you did it at the end. 
So yeah, it's yeah. a good reminder. <laughs> yeah, well, and and a good stimulation. Like it really like yes, yes. It gives you this motivation to okay, keep going, keep keep getting to those marks. I love it. Um, all right, a couple more. Um, well, since you're so well traveled, I have to ask you this: any uh, country or city still that you still want to visit, and and why? Um, Antarctica. So I want to mm. sail into Antarctica because um, I've read a lot of stories and listened to different podcasts about the the beautiful skylines and the animals there. Yeah, mm-hmm. the creatures there are very different. Like it's an extreme environment. And it's yes. not an environment people can travel too easily. So that's always something on my bucket list. Maybe the other country can be like here and there, but Antarctica right. has always been my lifelong bucket list. <laughs> I have to give you props for that. That's like so, so adventurous of you. Like I cannot even take like, like freezing weather and much less minus God knows how much. And, 50. 50. And yeah, there you go. And in Antarctica. So I'm yeah, I won't survive it, but I would love to see your photos and videos whenever you you check that bucket list item off. Awesome. All right. Last but not least, what is a quote or mantra that you often return to and why? Um, when there's a will, there's a way. Mm. So um throughout my years of uh, overcoming all the mental health issues and overcoming my family's rejections and objections of who I am as a person. I noticed that having faith, it's, it's really crucial to whatever that you do. Uh, having faith that everything will work out. And that's where the will is. So when you have the will, you have the faith. And there's a way that means you, you will find opportunities to yeah. get to where you want to go. Mm. Yeah, so that's that. something that I, yeah, I'll yeah. keep practicing. I love that, and I and I'm completely not surprised that that would be your go-to, just because just just having connected with you, you have this personality and character that's like so. so you're perfect being an entrepreneur. I'll say that like you're so enterprising, and you have gumption, and you know this commitment to pursue what what you want to pursue. And I have no doubt that yeah, you are going to accomplish so much. So um congratulations to you, Claire. And Claire, thank you so much. This has been such a great pleasure. Thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. I'm sure this will not be the last time we speak and I wish you all the best of luck in 2022. Oh thank you, Lillian. Thank you for the kind words. Wasn't that just nourishing for the heart, mind, and soul? There's just something that I know that I don't speak for just myself when I say that Claire's backstory growing up in a very typical Asian family and conditioning where, you know, perfection and best goals and best grades are the benchmarks to determine how successful one can be in the future is, it's a very familiar, very familiar phenomenon in a very standard Asian family. Having to delve through very difficult periods through depression and partial personality disorders, I cannot imagine if she hasn't had access to support like therapy, like books, what could have happened to her. I am standing here in awe of Claret's awareness at that mere age of 15 and her 
courage to just say that this environment is making me sick and I need to find a way out. You have definitely come a long way, Claire, and you should be so superbly proud of your achievements and the kind of decisions you've made to bring you to a version of your life today that that brings you joy, that brings you intention and happiness. Here are a few quick takeaways from this conversation. Number one, home is less about something physical, but more of where your heart belongs, where you introduce and encompass spiritual practices, routines, habits, and schedules. Number two, turning a hobby into a business requires a mindset shift and willingness to learn new skills and get uncomfortable. Number three, know that stuck is a feeling, it's a block. And last but not least, number four, understand that getting stuck, it's only and also a choice. Use that awareness to find out why you're stuck, how you're stuck, evaluate the consequences and search for solutions to get out of it. To my community and allies and friends out there who are struggling to feel at home in a new city or new country, or that you are needing some kind of courage and guidance to walk away from toxic environments and in search of new paths to thrive, or if you are in a place where you're feeling kind of blocked and stuck and you're looking for tips to to navigate out of that space, I hope that this conversation has been a guiding light for you and has given you permission to allow a little bit more of courage and trust in your life. And I really hope that it would help you find and figure out the next little right step forward. Dear friends, thank you so very much for making space and time in your day to be present with me here in this space. Here is me signing off for the next few weeks from my home office studio here in Houston. And I look forward to being back in this space with you next week from the other part of the world. Take care, dear friends. I'll talk to you soon.